Hello and welcome to the Strong Writing Podcast, where we work together to become stronger songwriters. My name is Eventur Karlsson and I'm an Icelandic singer-songwriter. And uh, today's episode is something that I'm so happy to be reposting. This is an old interview I did a few years ago with my great friend Svavar Knutur. He's uh, a fantastic Icelandic singer-songwriter, and I'll post a link to his website uh, in the show description because it's really, really, a, a, he's just so good. You need to get his music into your life. Now, this was recorded a few years ago, so you will notice an, uh, a glaring absence of COVID mentions in this because we would never have thought. So uh, Slavat is going to be talking about his career a little bit and stuff like that. And obviously his career has changed a lot, as have all of our careers uh, post-COVID. So just I uh, just wanted to get that out of the way so it won't feel too jarring when you when you get to the interview. But this is a great talk we had about songwriting pitfalls that you should avoid. Um, it's somewhat philosophical, uh, but just a great conversation, I think. So uh, as usual, I would like to encourage you to subscribe and uh, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps to get the word out there and get more ears on this show. And I appreciate the help. I also uh, really appreciate it if you share it with your uh, friends and family, co-workers, uh, deities, and uh, anyone else. And of course, if you want to contribute uh, in uh, more meaningful ways uh, in terms of the wallet, <laughs> then... Uh, you can sign up for a free trial uh, for Audible. Uh, I'm a big audiobook fan, and if you are as well, you can get a free audiobook by going to strongwriting.net slash audible. You can also uh, use the link strongwriting.net slash Amazon the next time you're going to go Amazon shopping. That's going to give me a small commission of your shopping, and it's not going to cost you any extra. And I greatly appreciate the support. Uh, and if you just want to make a donation, then you can go to strongwriting.net slash PayPal, and uh, you can make a donation there. If you want to check out my music, you can go to onebadday.is. That's onebadday.is, all one word. And uh, you can get a couple of free tracks there and sign up for my mailing list. Get the latest news on my music career, uh, the songs I'm working on, and so on and so forth. And of course, I highly encourage you to go to strongwriting.net and sign up for my four-week songwriting challenge. It's going to give you a free ebook that will walk you through writing a single song every single day. That sounded weird. Writing one new song every single day for four weeks. And uh, I guarantee if you go through that, you are going to exponentially improve your songwriting skills. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to hear what you come up with. So please get in touch and send me the some of the songs you write during that process. Uh, also, if you know anyone who is a beginner, or if you are a beginner songwriter and you want to get started and you don't know where to start, uh, a couple of weeks ago I posted an episode called um, How to Write Your First Song in 10 Easy Steps. That was episode number four of the Strong Writing Podcast. And if you go to strongwriting.net slash episode four, uh, that's where you'll find that. And if you know someone who could benefit from that, if you don't, or if you wouldn't, then please share that because I think that's going to help a lot of people who are just getting started. All right. So um, without further ado, I think we should get into that great conversation with Svavar Knutur. Uh, enjoy. All right. I am sitting here with my very good friend and one of my favorite songwriters, and favorite people in the world, 
Mr. Svavar Knútur. Welcome. Oh, thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> oh. It's a rainy day in Hafnafjörður. It is. Where the butter drops from every straw. Yes, that is true. This makes sense to no one except us. Uh, but we are I sitting here having coffee and talking about songwriting and, and music and, and life. Skál in coffee. coffee. So, Svavar, um, do you want to tell uh, the people listening a little bit about yourself, for those who don't know you? Yeah, well, um, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's an honor to be on your podcast, and thanks so much for, for you know, doing this. And, you know, Thank it's you. A, um, it's a, so, so good when people take, take the time and trouble to, to just... Uh, you know, mediate um, to to spread knowledge and mm-hmm. and, uh, and share. That's what um, I hope to do. So my name is Svavar Knutur, and I'm a, Svavar Knutur, and I'm a singer, songwriter, and a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an Icelandic accent, and it I is. have always felt that an Icelandic accent is much more believable. Like uh, people believe you when you are speaking in it because you sound like you're from the countryside. And it makes you a more like a decent person than people who live in the city, you know, and they um, have like this accent. So no one believes the thing I say. Yeah, no, uh, nobody believes a person from no, the city. So that's true. They are always lying to you, trying yeah. to sell you something. Uh-huh. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've been uh, working independently as a singer-songwriter, uh, well, for the last 10 years. Uh-huh. And... Uh, that's when I quit my job, and I quit my job right at the precipice of the Icelandic uh, uh, financial crisis. Yeah. I quit a steady government job. I remember. That was a, <laughs> it was a bad idea. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like when you are leaping into the pool, you say, cannonball, and they just emptied it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a very interesting moment. There was oh. like a half a meter of water yes. in, the, in the pool. Yeah, but then you were like the, uh, the guys in the, in the circus who jumped from a from a high board and dive into a bucket of water. Yes. And you just got in there and you made it. Exactly. And you lived. It was an amazing feat of, of acrobatics. Yeah. Financial yeah. <laughs> acrobatics. And I have to say to anybody out there who has not heard Sava's music, you need to listen to it now and then you'll understand why he survived. Oh, thank you. Mm. Well, um, to tell you a little bit more about what I do, uh, I travel a lot around the world. I use trains mostly mm-hmm. to, to get between places because they are very ecological, uh, they're very environmentally friendly. Uh, and uh, also they get you to great, get you between cities much more efficiently than cars. You know, you're always, you always end up downtown in the city and you can walk around, have mm-hmm. a good time. But uh, yeah, I, I, I tell stories and I sing songs and I sing songs in Icelandic and, and English wherever I go. Uh, and I felt that um, the uh, audience really appreciates songs that you are singing in your mother tongue, mm-hmm. your native language. So I would like, if I were to give any like basic advice to singer-songwriters that are not from English-speaking countries, don't be ashamed of your language. Yeah. Your language actually dictates a lot of your melodic structure. Yeah. Uh, and... So, like, uh, you write melodies based on the rhythmic flow of your language and the and the and the flow of the melody in that is intrinsic in your speech. So, so a lot of uh, lyrics just simply sound better in German or French or Italian or or uh, Japanese or yeah. Faroese, for for example. Faroese sounds amazing when it's sung. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've written uh, I, my lyrics are usually in English because I'm just better at that. But I have written songs. I've written uh, lyrics in Icelandic, and I've written a lot of songs for pre-existing lyrics for theater. Yeah, and they sound completely different from my. I mean, the music sounds a lot different. Yeah, you know, because yeah, again, the rhythmic structure, the lyricism in the different languages is very, very different. Yes, and uh, I think uh, one of the weirdest things I have seen is when Icelandic artists uh, translate their songs to to English, yeah. and that is simply impossible, really, to transfer the beauty of mm-hmm. the words yeah. to another language. They will never catch no. the same uh, melodic uh, dynamic and that kind of hanging 
on to the melody mm -hmm. and answering to it, following it and interweaving with it. Yeah. Well, that said, I, that's what Björk does, isn't it? She writes in Icelandic and they're translated into English. She used to anyway. I don't know if she still does that, but I think so. I think, but they are probably translated into English before... She they, writes the music, that could be true. I yeah. think so, yes, yeah, because be the melody then serves the, yeah. the words. Yeah, it's, it's a good point, yeah. But uh, we wanted to discuss some songwriting pitfalls. Yes. Some things to look out for when you're writing music. And right there, there was actually one yeah uh, a very important one yeah yeah love your language yeah uh, and appreciate it uh, embrace who you are i mean yeah. don't try to be something you're not and of course for all you only english uh speaking people out there that's not a problem for you guys Obviously. this is your native tongue um uh, sorry that you're missing out on another <laughs> universe of language but that's okay but uh, for the for the people from other countries, uh, yeah, I totally recommend at least writing a couple of songs in your own yeah. language because there is a beauty in it. Yeah. There's a and and for people from other countries to hear your language spoken and sung, yeah, it is always a, a matter of curiosity and interest. Yes, yeah. I play for tourists a lot. Yeah, in Iceland, and they they're always more most interested in hearing songs in Icelandic. Yeah, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter so much. Uh, if people don't understand the words, no. if you can explain to them what the song is about, you know, the gist of it, mm -hmm. they will kind of, you know, feel it. Yes. Because the melody usually delivers the meaning with you. And your performance, I mean, your your delivery. Yeah. Also, you know, if, if you are, and that's, a, I think, an important part for, uh, an important uh, aspect of the performance, uh, you know, for, for a singer-songwriter is to convey the meaning Regardless of the words, yes. But of course, not not everybody listening, I assume, is a singer songwriter. Some people are only writing. Some people write for others, or or uh, you know, they might be in a band and they're not the singer or whatever. Yes, of course, yeah, of course. So um, you know, that's. But I think that's uh, a good advice. You know, just uh, be yourself and convey the meaning. Yeah. I mean, I I've toured the world with theater productions in Icelandic, where we've performed international festivals. Yeah. Where the play is performed in Icelandic and people love it. Yeah. So don't underestimate the power of the mind to interpret whatever they're listening to or watching, regardless yeah. of the words. And don't fall into the trap of the homogenic, you know, yeah. because honestly, us people that don't have English as our first language, mm -hmm. it's always going to be our second language. Yeah. Uh, so, so we are always at a disadvantage yeah. to the native speakers in some way. And our own language is always our home ground. Yeah. So we are always writing more elegantly in our own language and also uh, yeah, showcasing your own talent because you're always, if you're writing in English, even if you write pretty decent lyrics in English, it's always going to be at, at, at least a risk that it's going to sound a little awkward. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, a lot of, uh, I hear a lot of songwriters from Europe um, that are trying, of course, it's in good faith that they are, oh, yeah, I want to reach, you know, an audience yeah. from, from um, you know, like the States and the UK and, you know, and they just, they, they won't listen to German, of course, or they won't listen to Italian. But why not? Yeah. And then your, your words are going to sound like baby talk. To, to a native speaker, like yeah. a lot of the time, not yeah. not all of them. This this is not a rule, but this no, is no. A, a pitfall. This is a, a, a it a is risk. it is a potential. I mean, you know, you have to be very confident in your ability to convey meaning in in the language. I mean, I'm very confident in my lyrics, and they're, most of them are in in English, and they are and, very good. I, I, I can yeah. say this to you guys <laughs> listening. Uh, Avis uh, lyrics are are amazing. Oh, thank you. I'll pay you later. Uh, <laughs> But no, but I think you know. But I, I think it's a it's a very good point, and and I think it's always best for us uh, who are performing to an international audience. At least some of the time, you do more of that than me. But I think doing both is a very uh, good. And I, I yeah. make sure that every time I play, I I play a lot of my songs that are in Icelandic, and probably nowadays I probably because I have more, way more songs in English. But I probably try to do it fifty fifty if I can. I think also because like when you write in English. Uh, when you are not a native English speaker, you are giving the audience with your songs uh, an insight into your mind, into yeah. your thoughts, yeah. of course. But when you are writing in your own language, you are exposing your soul. Yeah. Uh, I think that is kind of a, a little bit of difference between those two. Yeah, that's a beautiful um, way of putting it, actually. And when you are performing, mm -hmm. of course, you want to expose both your 
mind and your soul to the audience. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I think that's when I when I'm out, you know, in the outlands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Icelanders call uh, uh, foreign countries the uh, the outland. Yes. Woodland. <laughs> and because uh, we venture out. Yeah, we venture we, out. We live on an island. island. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's outlands. Yeah. And. Um, and when I'm in the outlands, uh, yes, that is what I always try to do. I, I try to open both, uh, tell both stories of my thoughts and of my soul. Yeah. And uh, I think there we come to like the second pitfall. Of yeah. course, when you're writing in English and it's your foreign language, mm-hmm. you have to avoid. If you, if, oh yeah, I w- want to write in English, so I'm going to write all these smart words. Yeah. Don't write smart words. No, write honestly. Yeah. I think that's exactly, uh, probably one of the biggest pitfalls, I think, is trying t- to wear a mask yeah. when you're writing. Look you know? how smart I am. Look how, yeah. look how great my grasp of this language is. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't, no. don't do that. Like, better to have a good grasp on your feelings yeah. and on the story that you're trying to tell. And tell it elegantly, tell it, tell it simply, yeah. and uh, tell it like you're telling another human being a story. You would never sit with your mother and explain your feelings to her and then use words like, vernacular or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or proximity yeah. or something you know like you you would you would say rather like it was very close to me yeah you know rather than it was in high proximity to me <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah um, but i think and this i think going back to björk i think this is probably a, a why it was probably a very good idea because i don't think in the beginning her i don't know if again i don't know if she kept doing this but i know in the beginning she had an icelandic poet translate her lyrics into English for her and I think probably that's a part of the reason is that she wanted to convey the meaning precisely and then she had someone yeah put it into English words and for elegantly her. and like, elegantly yes and there's and such a great difference between elegance yeah and complicated language yeah I think so too uh, I think uh, Einstein said that uh, nature loves simplicity yeah and and he said that no uh, I, I think I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. of course that no mathematical truth that was important was could be like i think it was something like uh, the, every important mathematical truth can be in, uh, put forth in a simple equation yeah yeah you know because yeah. uh, uh, the, the simpler the equation the more fundamental to the condition yeah and uh, in the same way like the simpler your language and the uh, and the more elegant your language the the more clearly you're conveying a feeling yeah i think um you know simplicity uh and we discussed this before we started recording as well um and this is probably maybe the third pitfall is overcomplicating things yeah is you know regardless of whether it's your lyrics or your chord structure or your melody or whatever it is you know if i mean there are great songs that are very complicated you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is a great song, a very complicated song. Yeah, uh, but they were on the home field. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think it's an exception. Yeah, yeah, you know, so of I, course. Most, if you think about most of the songs that are really classic and that you really love and that uh, li- will live forever, you think of a lot of the, you know, the Beatles songs and the Rolling Stones and... Stairway these, to Heaven, for example. Stairway to Heaven. Uh, these are not complicated songs. Count. Do you know for fun? This is a nice little project. Read the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven, yeah. and try to count how many words have three or four uh, syllables or more. Yeah, like uh, how many complicated words are there yeah. in a song like Stairway to Heaven? Yeah, I mean, think again. Going back to the Beatles, "Love Me Do" has nineteen words. <laughs> yeah. There are nineteen words in the whole lyric. Yeah. So, so you know. Uh, uh, Complicate. I mean, it is. I remember when I was first starting out as a making music. Uh, I tried to make everything as complicated as I could. I would throw every chord I knew into the song just for no reason, and uh, and you know, try to incorporate as many fancy words as I could and everything. And you know, just, of course, it was all horrible. Uh, so that's not that's not to say that a, a you know really complicated song can't be great, but it needs to be complicated for a reason. And then it's not overcomplicated. I think the only uh, songwriter that I know that I, I really like, he uses like pretty intense language, like yeah. a very 
complicated. I think Nick Cave probably does it a little bit. A little bit. And uh, Ben Gibbard from Death Cup of, for Cutie. Yeah. Is very, uh, his songs are often, yeah. uh, they contain nuggets yeah. of, of yeah. very complicated strings of complicated words. Yeah. But usually they serve a purpose. Yeah. Uh, when, when he goes full complicated uh, yeah. language, it is because the, it is serving mm-hmm. the song. Yeah, I, I think um, Conor Oberst comes yeah. to mind as well. Father John Misty, maybe a few of these. Yeah. But again, but it's never it's never unnecessary. It's I a think. spice yeah. rather than an ingredient, exactly. like and rather than the main ingredient. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, complicated words and and uh, and, com- and and like complex language and stuff like that. It is it is more like pepper yeah. than meat. Yeah. Like or maybe even more like saffron. It's yeah, saffron just, just like just puts a little pinch. tiny uh, yeah. uh, uh, shard or, or, yeah. or, or, or what? <laughs> there, yeah. there I go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tiny, tiny grain, grain tiny of grain, saffron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, because that makes everything more fun. Yeah. Like if you have a whole song, like. 120 words or something and yeah. then two of these words Look, I, I think it's, are special yeah. crazy words it's like cinnamon it's yeah. like when I when I make pasta sauce when I make a, like a bolognese you know like a tomato based sauce for spaghetti yeah just put a little bit of cinnamon really that's yes, nice just very very tiny so you can just barely taste it and it just makes everything much better but if I put too much then it's just cinnamon and it's just not going to be good it's like when, when I, uh, I I also cook bolognese but I put just a little bit of red wine maybe a bottle or two into the <laughs> <laughs> but don't cook it yeah, because yeah. then all the alcohol will evaporate yeah just like just, just put fun. it in there and then just turn off the yeah. stove and just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like a puddle of red wine and then you just sip it just take it up with yeah. a spoon yeah it's, it's also called yolak look yeah mulled wine That's that's what why you're making. Would you, why would you do that? Why would you do that? You're just man? making mulled wine now. <laughs> With, <laughs> With spaghetti. The meat, meat and, and tomato paste. That's oh horrible. It's, Ita- it's Italian yeah. plug. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, okay, we, we so, digress. Yeah. Well, yes. here, yeah, here's the thing. Like, yeah, um, yeah, com- co- complex lyrics, you know, like if you... Uh, the, yeah, you're not gonna. You're really not gonna impress anyone. No, like yeah, that's the thing. It's it's like it's gonna be as impressing as a cinnamon challenge. Exactly. Like yeah. if you eat a spoon of cinnamon, you're just gonna choke. Yeah. And cough and mm-hmm. sneeze and and vomit. Probably. But uh, yeah, and the, and the same goes with chords. Yeah. You know, keep it simple, but like use complex chords in the same way. Yeah. As a spice to the song. Yeah. I mean. Uh, and also, yeah, I mean, y- you want to avoid, of course, you want to avoid like uh, one, six, four, five, you right. know, that, that, that whole uh, take on me, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, you know, like everybody's making fun of it, like that, that little Australian band and all that, mm-hmm. the four chord song. Yeah. Of, it, you know, of course you want to avoid that, but it doesn't mean you can't use the chords or no, I think, a combination of the chords yeah. or, or or play a little bit with it. Like yeah. uh, cliches, like as we were talking about earlier, yeah. yeah. Like there are cliches, but cliches are just a base. And yeah. you can actually, if you can find a way to twist a cliche yeah. and manipulate a cliche to make it funny or, or, or humorous. Yeah. Humorous is really important. Yeah. I think I've, I've discussed this with my friends a lot, uh, that there's such a huge difference between a humorous lyric yeah. and a funny lyric. Mm-hmm. I really hate funny songs. <laughs> I mean, I can listen to one of them and just chuckle, but like a whole album of funny songs, yeah. I, I just want to... <clears throat> but a humorous yeah. witty, song, wi- Yeah, like, yeah, and also just like the sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, when you have a sense of humor about your condition, about mm-hmm. life... Yeah. You have a sense of humor about your situation, the human condition. You mm-hmm. have a sense of humor about our place in life. Yeah. Uh, it's not about making people laugh. It's more about making people go like, huh. Yeah. yeah. I think the, uh, you, know? you know, Tom Waits is great at this. Yes, I think. yes. And Shel Silverstein as well. Uh, you know, he, he wrote, uh, Shel Silverstein wrote a lot of funny songs, like A Boy Named Sue. That's a funny song. Yeah. Uh, but he also wrote a lot of just 
witty, humorous songs. I think like Chris, Sylvia's mother. Chris Christopherson and Leonard Cohen as well. Yeah. Very humorous. Yeah. They have this kind of way to kind of uh, looking uh, the life's troubles in yeah. the eye yeah. and just just kind of going like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for example, the song uh, Sunday Morning Coming Down by Chris Christopherson. Mm -hmm. It was like, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head that didn't mm -hmm. hurt. Right. That's such a good... That's that, a great that's line. A, and yeah. it's so humorous. It's like, yeah. oh man. It, yeah. it, it immediately draws a picture. Yeah. And then he said, and the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. So I had one more for dessert. <laughs> this is not funny. This is no, like... No, this is horrible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like... It's horrible. Oh, it's, it's just describing and you just see it immediately. Yeah. And then I fumbled through the closet for my clothes and found my cleanest dirty shirt. <laughs> This is all describing a yeah. miserable man. It's a you know? great, great image. But it's yeah. yeah, but it's doing it in this way, kind of. You can kind of smile about it. Oh man, I've been there. I've, yeah, yeah, been there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's humor. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not, you're not laughing out loud at this. No. You you just kind of going like, oh yeah, man. Yeah. I know you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. I think. Um, you know. And these are. And you could say that some of that is because you were talking about. Uh, cliche and this i think comes to my uh, uh what is it fourth pitfall yeah uh is don't just well it's you know it's, it's really you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and if you do that then it doesn't matter if you use cliches if, as long as you know why you're putting them in there yeah because you can subvert them you can uh you can use them and i've i've touched on this before when i made a, an episode on uh uh writing lyrics Uh, which was, I guess, I forget. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But um, you know, you, you can you can absolutely use cliches. I think yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, Chris Christopherson. I mean, maybe some of that is cliche now because men like Chris Christopher or people like Chris Christopherson have used them. They've got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. But I mean, uh, you know, uh, I I've, I wrote a song uh, which you know, lock this door for my album which yeah. that's just a collect I just strung together all the blues and country cliches that I could think of that was the basis for the lyrics yeah but it works I think because it's you know I was very aware that that's you know because I wanted to write a song that was just you know taking the uh the cliche of the country song that just takes the suffering way too far Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. just wanted to hit it all the way home. Just, yeah. just the most horrible lyrics I could possibly write. And there you, yeah, there you have like a new approach on the whole thing. Just yeah. like that's all you need. It's just like look at look at like your toolbox. Yeah, and just turn the tools around a little bit. That's yeah. that's where the sense of humor comes in. Yeah, it's just taking a cliche, and. Um, And, and twisting it and, yeah. and playing with it. It's like Legos and it's like uh, it's it's like the most flexible toys you have. It's language and, yeah. and music. And, and, and the same with chord progressions. I mean, like the, uh, the uh, uh, take on me chord progression or whatever it is, you can use it as long as you do it intelligently. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you're just not taking it and making a melody. But even, so, sorry, even so, I mean, you can take, you know, the blues, you know, you can take the three chords just the uh, uh the, the blues chords and you I'm can sorry write endless songs about sorry that. to the audience uh, uh some of you might have been very smart uh about this and and heard and and caught my mistake there it's one five six four not one six five four oh it's a da -da 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 da 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 yeah <laughs> and then there's another there's another version of this which mm. is six four one five yeah That's that's uh, um, Save Tonight mm. by Eagle Eye Cherry and all yeah. these songs. Yeah. That's the same chord progression, it's just like two in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, you can take this progression and then you can like twist it, play with it. Yeah. Let it like start a melody or like come in the middle of the melody and then just like in the chord structure, and yep. then just go in another direction. Yep. Another thing I really love, and this is like a little bit advanced like playing thing, like mm -hmm. when you're arranging your songs, if you're playing alone, um, don't be afraid to, to transform the bass lines a little bit. Um, for example, when you're playing a G, to play a G with an F bass, yeah. for example, Or a D with uh, F sharp, 
like use the third and the yeah. fifth mm-hmm. and the seventh yeah. as the bass. Mm-hmm. You can you can try this out like use your thumb for example yeah. uh, to you to put on the first string or something. Right. Um, play with play with different bass yeah. elements. Yeah. Uh, that that a lot of the time that puts a lot of color mm-hmm. into what you're doing yeah and i think that's a much more intelligent way of approaching uh, a simple chord progression you know if you feel like oh, this is too simple instead of complicating the chord progression itself you know uh make it more colorful by the way you play it yeah you know and of course you know we're talking guitar because we're both guitar players but you can obviously you do know. this with any instrument just uh change it up yeah change the baseline which can make the chord progression sound a lot different and sometimes still the same chord progression sometimes changing major into minor and minor yeah. into major like yeah. just twisting it a little bit like in one place mm-hmm. i can can just make all the difference and can all it can totally radicalize radically change yeah the the palette Radi- that you're radicalize, your radicalize your song <laughs> like, suddenly it's, it's like yeah, screaming it's like in the streets terrorist. like down with yeah. down with islam yeah. muslims yeah. <laughs> but no i think that's a, that's a great idea and and again just going back to the what we discussed earlier don't do it unnecessarily do it you know don't do too much of it it's the same as with the complicated language it should be a spice otherwise you're gonna sound like uh, that episode of Friends where Joey looks everything up in the. Uh, uh, oh yeah, you hate Friends. I forgot. Uh, I have no friends. <laughs> you have no friends. Uh, no, but where he looks everything, he looks up the synonym for everything uh, when he's writing a, a letter. So all the words are way too complicated, and nothing makes sense anymore. Oh yeah, use a th- thesaurus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, use a thesaurus to to, to, to <laughs> for every single word. So that's, that doesn't work. <laughs> but, uh, you know, make sure, again, just make sure you have a reason for why you're, uh, you know, why you want to use this chord instead of that chord if you want to change it around. You know, if you just if you just write a simple thing and then change everything to some jazzy, complicated, weird chords, it's probably going to be weird. But you can do it with one chord and it might sound amazing. Yeah, it's like, it's also like, who are you, who are you trying to please? Yeah. Like, uh, I... You know, like why? Why would you like wanna wanna please some people that turn their noses up? You yeah. know, and are all totally snobby about stuff. And yeah. oh, there's nothing to get here. Yeah. No, you know, it obviously yeah. doesn't have anything to get. Yeah, just like ignore those people. Like yeah. they're they're not your audience. They are exactly. And I remember going through a whole crisis, maybe I don't know, ten years ago or something, uh, where I just I felt really inadequate because. You know, my songs were all very simple. There was nothing too flashy about anything. I was not very good at finger picking. I was not very good at, uh, you know, different chord shapes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just, I was constantly felt like I had to be improving on those things. But then I realized gradually that, hey, you know, a lot of people actually like the songs that I write and probably because they're not very flashy or complicated or, you know, whatever. And so uh, instead of focusing on doing different things, I just focus on doing what I do better. Yeah. And, and, and it really changed my life just to be able to think in terms of, all right, how do I make... And, and, you know, and consequently, I have gotten better at a lot of the things that I felt inadequate about at that time, but just focused on how I do it, not how whatever songwriter I was looking at does it and that's where we come to like i think i would say like the number one like the first commandment yeah of of songwriting for me yeah is that honesty and sincerity yeah. always trumps you know all the all the stunts and pretentiousness and absolutely you know and and i really can't stand like this cynical no oh too cool for school like people that write lyrics that have no like intentionally no meaning and yeah. no message mm-hmm. because because they are they are so nihilistic yeah. <laughs> forget it yeah they're, they're not giving anything to the world they're not they're not sharing their soul with you yeah they're not they're just trying to be cool exactly and, and get sex yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like you know and, it, and that doesn't mean that uh you know I, I agree everything has to come from a genuine place yeah that's just uh otherwise 
it's never going to work. And that doesn't mean to me that everything has to be autobiographical or or no, everything has no, to be, you know, I mean, you can you can tell a story about a person that's completely different from you. You know, I've written a lot of songs about violence and 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 you know, and, and depression and murder and all kinds of things. But the feelings are still mine. You know, they're yeah. not. I'm not just making. You know, I'm 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 not putting on a mask to tell that story. I'm telling it from a personal place, yeah. even though it's not my story. And it was the same. You know, I was uh, uh, in in episode five of this. I was talking to John Ojaka about imagery in music, and uh, and we had a great discussion. And one of the things that we touched on was that you know your your song can be all wrapped up in cool imagery and surrealism and you can take uh songwriters like like Nick Cave or Leonard Cohen for example mhm or very much i mean Leonard Cohen lyrics don't many of them don't make any sense to you really when you read it but they do paint a picture and there are feelings that you can understand yeah. and i'm sure that if you had sat down with Leonard Cohen, he would have been able to if he he probably wouldn't have been interested in that but he probably would have been able to tell you where every single sentiment came from yeah, yeah they're yeah. not just taken out because of he, he was nowhere. a poet he was a poet like, exactly and and i think that's just so important that you know you know where you're coming from and why you're telling the story that you're telling yeah be sincere be genuine yeah um your interpretation of the story your storytelling your narrative it's always going to be better if you just skip the whole trying to be cool thing and just just open-heartedly and sincerely tell the story. Exactly. And uh, like everyone that has a heart is going to relate to that. Yeah. Like only people without a soul mm -hmm. will go like, oh, yeah, uh, sincerity, yeah. bleh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, you have no soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I th and I think, uh, you know, um, because you and me, we have, uh, we have, played at festivals with a lot of people who are very at very different places in their journey as musicians mm -hmm. some people who are just starting out and some people who have been playing for decades and i think this is the one thing that puts everybody in the same category regardless of where they are it doesn't matter how how good your playing is or how good of a singer you are or uh, or even how you know how how um how much finesse you have with words or whatever as long as it's coming from a genuine place that resonates with everybody yeah and i think you know if for everybody who's again who maybe um is or has gone through the same sense of insecurity that i was talking about before where i sort of always felt inadequate because i never felt like my craftsmanship was at the uh, same level as some of the other people i was watching um once I realized that, hey, if I just do this from a personal place and if I just focus on being genuine and doing it with love and uh, and respect for myself and for my audience, then it's always you're going to find your audience. Not everybody's going to love it, mm -hmm. but if you try to please everybody, you will please no one. Also, I think uh, when you're looking into the singer-songwriter world and songwriter world and the world of artists. You're looking for success stories, you know? Yeah. And there's a tendency to look at only the ones that are in the papers and in the blogs yeah. and in the top charts. Yeah. But that's not... Like, those are the super success stories. Yeah. But, like, I'm a success story. Yes. I've been working now for 10 years yeah. on this. Uh, I, I live a very modest and nice life uh, yeah. I have a family and uh, there are thousands of people like me yeah in this world mm -hmm. just being sincere talking to an audience singing their songs telling their stories yeah um, and not having to force anything and that's that's a success story and and I think um, I think if uh, if people kind of look at all all these too glitzy like and the and the and the top shelf yeah uh, uh artists there's an unrealistic goal these people are there because of so many factors yeah. that you could never control uh timing luck mm -hmm. um and uh coincidences and and just like they hit the right spot at the right time at this club at this you know and yeah. this guy was there exactly caught them you, you know if you aim for that kind of success and that kind of narrative 
uh, it's it's actually going to decrease your success mm-hmm. um, and 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 your chances of actually having a productive and happy life as a singer songwriter and songwriter yeah rather just focus on just doing like giving all giving it all into what you're doing yeah. sharing being honest yeah. and being kind loving your audience mm-hmm. uh, just uh, yeah loving your audience but genuinely just looking at them and just thinking like every time every concert yeah oh, i love you guys you're yeah. amazing and just give them that mm-hmm. and that then you're automatically a success yes you you, you can't fail no yeah exactly <laughs> and i think uh, uh going off of this uh one of the biggest pitfalls that i used to fall into i hope i don't anymore um but i think a lot of people fall into this is don't just wait for things to happen Don't wait for inspiration to strike. Don't wait for someone to discover you. Don't wait. Just you have to do the work, as in everything, when it comes to songwriting, when it comes to being a musician, when it comes to working. Nobody's going to do it for you, and especially I think it's important when it comes to the actual writing of music. Um, you know, I set uh, myself a challenge, and I set it for my for the audience of the podcast as well. Uh, I set myself a, a challenge for 2019. Which is to uh, set a few, um, but uh, one of the biggest ones was to write a song every week for the whole year. Wow! Yeah, cool. So it's just just sitting down, and it doesn't matter. Just sitting down for an hour or two once a week and coming up with a song, and I don't have to finish it necessarily in that one sitting, but I just have to sit down and come up with one song every week, which is not that hard, really. If, and but the thing is, just you have to go there. You have to show up. Yeah. Sit down, and do it. It's like working in a particle accelerator. You know. You know, in turn yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, you. Uh, there's like a target. Yeah. And they shoot the particles at the target. Mm-hmm. The particles are only going to hit every one out of a million or yeah. something times. They're going to hit the exact yeah. place, and that's how they measure it. Yeah. If you can, if if you think about it, like. In, like Terry Pratchett called them inspirons, yeah. which were like protons, except they mm-hmm. were like little subatomic particles of inspiration yeah. that travel through the universe. If you just wait for one to hit you as yeah. you are walking around the world, mm-hmm. it's actually not going to happen exactly. so often. Yeah. But if you sit down and you just sit down with your instrument and or your pen and paper, you just start writing and writing mm-hmm. and then those stray inspirants are actually gonna pop yeah. into your brain because like you basically have an inspiration you have a moment of inspiration every hour yeah really yeah like your your brain shoots forth an interpretation of your world mm-hmm. some idea boop 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 yeah. every hour something yeah. comes up boop yeah. and um If you're just walking around and you're doing stuff and going shopping and stuff, mm-hmm. you get these inspirations and then they get lost in the in the cooler of the yeah. of the grocery store, yeah. and or, or or in the bar. Mm-hmm. But if you are sitting at the table and the and the inspiration comes, it yeah. goes directly onto the page. Yeah. It becomes something. Exactly. Maybe not a song, but at least right. like a line. Yeah. But and that's what you know, and I always say that uh, you know, and I, I recommend that everybody do. That. What I do is I, every time I think of a clever line or whatever, I write it down. I have a document with a lot of ideas, and then when I need inspiration, I'll look at that. So that's there. But also sometimes, I, you know, like I did last week, I just sat down and I said, "All right, I have nothing, so I'm just gonna come up with something." And I did, um, and uh, you know, and there are a lot of you know, like songwriting. You can use like songwriting prompts and things. You can say, "All right, so now I'm just going to look out the window for an hour and write about whatever I see or something." Not an hour. That's ridiculous. But ten minutes. Like, and, a, do- um, like a dog <laughs> looking out into the yeah. rain. I don't know why I said hour. That's absolutely hour is good. That would probably be a very zen moment to look out. In fact, yeah, no, let's do that. Let's look out the window for an I hour. I mean, we're looking starting out. now. Looking out, like all of your windows just have a most amazing scenery. I know, yeah, this is a great house. It's yeah. just, uh, I have huge windows. And and, and uh, Hapnafjörður is a beautiful town. It is. So that is actually one thing that I, I love doing, is looking out. But, you know, what I figure, you know, if you sit down every week and you at least try to write a song and you give it a really honest shot and, you know, if you haven't come up with anything, you know, 
if you sit there for two hours and you don't come up with anything, then sure, give up. But at least give it two hours. You know, that's not a big time commitment. Uh, you know, once per week, two no. hours. Yeah. That's nothing. And um, if, if, you if, were, if, you, if you only succeed, if, if 20% of the time you succeed in writing a good song, then a year from now you'll have an album. Yeah, like if you look, if you look at it from the perspective of if, if you think about your songwriting as your work, which I do, what yeah. you work, and if you had a restaurant yeah. and you spent two hours a week yeah. chopping the vegetables, yeah, because they need to be chopped, yeah, would you consider that effort wasted? No, no. that's an integral part of yeah. your job as exactly. a chef. Yeah, um, and if you had the grocery store, yeah, um, spending two hours a week calling the vendors and asking yeah. them for things to replace. The exactly. Shelves. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's not se- that is not selling a product to the customer. No. But it is very important if you yeah. want to continue selling product to a customer that you've called the vendors. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you look at it, because you know, I've done some writing as well. I write, you know, I've I've published a, a book, and I you know I, I write uh, you know prose as well. And when you're writing a book, then you really need to write for at least an hour every day. Oof, yeah. In order for that to work, so you know, songwriters were kind of spoiled because if you were writing for an hour every day, you would have a lot of music. But I think it's quite enough to work on writing, you know, for a f- couple of hours per week. Yeah, of course, also, if you, the more you do it, the better you will be at it. But like, does the world really need so many songs? <laughs> like, well, no. But I mean, so the more songs, songs you have, the more better, one, good ones. I think you have. Yes, to of course. From. I'm, I'm mostly yeah, kidding. And, uh, uh, but I, 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 I think about this a lot. I am a very slow songwriter, mm-hmm. and it is a, a part of it is because I have, I think ADHD or something, mm-hmm. and it's really hard for me to sit down. And to, and it's right. Yeah, I get very antsy, mm-hmm. and I run around, and I get very frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it's actually for me, songwriting is a painful process. Yeah, I I I scream sometimes in my uh, living room. Yeah, I I try to write when nobody's home mm-hmm. because the sight of me writing songs <laughs> is very very <laughs> ugly. Yeah. You know, I'm tearing my hair, I'm screaming, I'm saying obscene things. It's like, but eventually, like, a song comes out, like, yeah, a a love song for the mornings of the world or something. Yeah. And uh, then I'm, uh, it, it, and I can only guess, I cannot in, in any way equal it to it, but I, and I think sometimes this is what, a woman feels like after the birth yeah yeah you know but like of course it's not the same but but like the 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 relief yeah just the relief it's oh, yeah. over it's over ah oh, there's a song yeah. and it uh, it always feels to me like i have been going through hell 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 and then song and then i i don't want to write another song for months <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's i mean you know I sort of because I've done like writing on demand and I've had to do that you know for for I had a band where I needed to come up with songs very fast and also I've written for theater and so I've you know I just have to of course there I mostly have pre-existing lyrics so it's a little bit different because it's just the music um but sometimes a little tweaks to the lyrics but um but so I I have just been forced to come up with sort of methods to be able to spark it on demand a little bit but you know that said it it's of course it it is difficult to to just make it go if it doesn't want to maybe a last last uh, comment you know like mm-hmm. a last kind of thought from me i, I would say um, don't be afraid to collaborate no, uh, don't be absolutely af- like I'll, i have a problem with collaborating and that's why i'm saying don't be yeah. afraid because like i it takes one to know one, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I I I I uh, I have this feeling that oh, if I collaborate, only half the song is mine, or yeah. oh, it's not my feelings, mm-hmm. it's not my story. Oh, then it's not as much Svavar Knutur. Yeah, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are creating something with someone. It's a like if, if to make a movie, yeah. you know. 
it takes uh, 280 people yeah. just to make a normal movie. Yeah. Do you think like the director always thinks like, oh man, I should have done the lighting by myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, that's that script writer, I should have written the script, yeah. you know, no, no, you, uh. you work together, you create something beautiful yeah. and if, and just know your strengths, if your mm -hmm. strength is melody, find uh, a, a good lyricist, lyric writer yeah. to work with you. I think the worst advice I have ever been given in a collab situation, mm -hmm. the, the Danish guy, I will not name. Mm -hmm. He said, Svavar, you have to stop. And Danish people have this accent, yeah. you know, like yeah. Danish people have this accent. Yeah. They always say, oh, you know, we are from Denmark, but like we sound like we are from America because we just have <laughs> no accent at all. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, Svavar, you have to stop writing with your heart and start writing with your wallet. You know, you could be writing for Justin Bieber if you just let go of this, you know, heart thing of yours. <laughs> and I was just like, Fjord you. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I just found a collaborator that was writing with his heart. Yeah. And her heart and uh, yeah. both of us. And, and I've written with some wonderful Norwegian and Faroese people, Danish mm -hmm. people, Swedish people, uh, and Americans. And, yeah. and it's always like, it, it feels almost like sex, you know? Yeah, I, I've written a lot with my father, so no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but like, no, I mean, it's, it's, it feels like uh, a bonding of minds and a melding yeah. of minds, a melding of souls. Yeah. And that you feel like, and actually like you have two people um, um, bringing together their ideas and it becomes more than a sum of its part. Yeah, part. absolutely. Uh, and that's amazing when you yeah. get a good collaboration. We're not talking about 13 guys writing like a Max Martin, Martin single. No, excellent. No, don't don't just let go of that thought. Yeah. Just think like, what can we? What story can we tell together? Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the best books of the 20th century was written by two authors. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Good Omens by Neil yeah. Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yeah, and um, no, not ter not yeah, Terry yeah, Pratchett. Pratchett. Yeah, 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 and. Um, Good Omens is just an amazing book. That's wonderful. It's two styles coming together. It's oh. fusing yeah. amazing different kinds of storytelling. That's absolutely, yeah. And uh, so if they could do it, yeah. and it was so amazing, and if mm -hmm. Paul McCartney and John Lennon could do it, oh, yeah. just let go of your ego. Yeah. Find a friend who complements your strengths. Yeah. Compliments with their strengths. If, mm -hmm. if, if a friend of yours is really good with words or amazing with melodies, yeah. always humming good melodies, just sit down with them. Just like yeah. have an idea session. Yeah. Doesn't even have to be like a whole song. Just no, just, exactly. Just and exchange ideas. Mm -hmm. Then that person, like I sat down with this guy called Kurt Graupier, a rapper, mm -hmm. Icelandic, and, and a poet, Icelandic, uh, amazing artist. Mm -hmm. We just sat down. We had coffee a couple of times in my pad uh, in while pad. I was writing <laughs> in my pad <laughs> while I was writing uh, my new album. Yeah, and he, we didn't even touch the subject of lyrics. No, we just shot the breeze about lots of things and mm -hmm. ideas and stuff. And then he left, mm -hmm. and I sat there afterwards and like, ah, yeah, you know, okay, you know, this is good stuff, yeah. you know. And whatever gives you inspiration, whatever puts you on the path, don't be afraid to collaborate. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, just one, one last point that I had written down, uh, which I think is a huge pitfall, and uh, which is just, you know, I think can really, really hurt your writing a lot. That is to censor yourself while you're writing. Oh, yeah, that's my problem. Yeah, because, you know, and it's really, really bad. I think it, uh, this, uh, one of the best books that I have ever read on creativity in general. It's about creative writing, but it works with everything. Uh, well, a lot of the stuff in there works. Is uh, Stephen King's On Writing. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, that's one of the things that he said, is that you, know, you have an internal sensor, and you need to shut him or her up while you're doing the writing. Yeah. And then you need to turn them back on. Because you need you, def you definitely need to do that later on in the process, but yeah. while you're doing the initial thing, you need to shut it off. And for for me, I I feel my songs are never done. It's like I'm always working on them. Even yeah. now, the, the 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 songs that I've put out on my album, when I play them live, I still feel that they're a living thing. And I sometimes change the words around 
while I'm playing them because I just, hey, this word would might work better in there. And, uh, and sometimes I feel, oh, I wish I had figured that out before I released the album. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I think, you know, you should never be afraid of that. But you just, you, I think it's very, very hard. And I think that might be why you want to kill yourself while you're writing songs. Yeah, because that, the, it's all your insecurities. Yeah. Like this, this inner sensor. Yeah. He is the embodiment. He is he is the incarnation of all your insecurities, yeah. all of the things that are weighing you down. And exactly, and that's why now when I, when I write, because I used to do that. I just, I just think of a line or I play, you know, some bit of melody or something, and I'd be, ah, oh, no, that's not, that's no good. That's that's too sounds too samey or it sounds too blah blah blah. But uh, what I've realized is that now it, it works much better if I just say I don't care I don't care if this is a bad song I'm just gonna write it and then I'll go back and figure out if it's a good song or not oh, yeah. if, if I can if it's not good maybe I can make it into a good song or maybe I can't and then I'll throw it away and that's you know so I write a lot of songs that I never finish because I you know I, I write it and then I you know or I'll write half of it or something uh, and then I'll come back to it and I'll go no this is awful and I'll throw it away and which is fine you know, that's that's just that's part of the process. I mean, for every song you start to write, you probably only finish five percent or two percent or something. At yeah. least for me. But uh, you know, just doing it this way, it just it just feels a lot better. It just and it, it just it's freeing to think oh, I don't yeah. care if whatever I'm writing is is horrible. I'll I don't even have a count. Like later. if 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 you, you know every idea I had like that no. would be like a piece of paper crumpled together and put in the waste basket. Yeah, that waste basket would reach to the moon you know like yeah. it's huge you know what i really hate like these middle-aged guys in facebook groups yeah. uh talking about hits and fillers yeah like uh like they're talking about like an album of 14 songs and just like yeah it's too many fillers and, <laughs> yeah and like shitting on some of the songs on the album like yeah, yeah. this is definitely not a, a you know a, yeah one of the hits it's just a filler yeah like dude like Somebody sat down, wrote that song, and yeah. maybe just poured his heart into it. Yeah. And just because you like think it's not as exciting as another song, doesn't make it a filler. No, exactly. It's, and you know these guys, these, these weird ass. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna swear. These <laughs> these weird, silly, middle aged guys in their band t-shirts yeah <laughs> on just sitting there comp complaining about like and just and the band t-shirts is always guns and roses by the way yeah, it's always like, the yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're yeah, there's nothing to gain and usually these guys that are like talking like they're such know-it-alls they haven't written a song in their life yeah no you know they just sit there and they're like yeah, i know everything yeah. i'm such a connoisseur of music yeah if you're such a connoisseur why don't you write a song you know yeah, if you but know I mean that's not better than than yeah. the artists. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's true. I mean, you know, if that's not you know, people can have their opinions about you know music, and of course, I don't think you have to be a musician to you know have an opinion of what's good music and what's not. But yeah, of course not. But, but I think that's a very good point. Is that you know the quote unquote filler is it is kind of derogatory towards because I think a lot of the songs that you know if you listen to my album, there are probably songs in there that you would think, yeah, okay, that's that's nice but it's a filler it's not something that's going to be a hit and that by, might be the song that means the most to me it's it might same, be the one that i've poured my soul into the most it's the same kind of guy that sits there on his couch watching sports you know <laughs> and one team is losing or something yeah. and he's saying like yeah these guys are no good at whatever sport yeah, sporting you know yeah. the sport sporting yeah. oh, oh those guys suck at sporting <laughs> yeah they're only the sixth best team in the world <laughs> yeah but you're sitting there with your chubby yeah. pizza ass yeah. on the couch yeah. just like they're bad at the sport <laughs> thing yeah. like dude. what the americans called uh, the armchair quarterback yeah yeah and and like i've heard this so many times about the icelandic handball team or the yeah. football team or something the moment they are not doing as well as they should they are just no good at football or handball yeah, yeah. like I, I'm not interested in these sports at all but mm -hmm. I would never go in there saying like yeah you know that guy there that has been training for 25 years in this <laughs> sport and he is among the top 100 athletes in his yeah. field in the yeah. world yeah he's just like no good he's just <laughs> shit yeah, yeah. the sport yeah and but it's the same with songwriting dude like at least this person wrote a song yeah 
and arranged it, wrote lyrics and yeah. put it on an album. What did you do? Yeah. Like Exactly, yeah. Even the worst songs in the world are better than whatever you have written. <laughs> you know, like so like don't let these guys get you down. That's no, all that's I'm true. saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. when these people are like being such critics yeah. and and cri uh, criticizing everything. Just remember, those guys probably never wrote a song in their life. And even if they wrote a song, it's probably pretentious. Yeah. And, you know, it's just um, don't worry about, you know, this is again, this is a lesson that I had to learn. It was very difficult for me because I have a lot of insecurities and uh, everything. But uh, it was very liberating when I realized that, you know, the people who, the, the quote unquote haters, the people out there who are going to put everything down, no matter what it is. You know, if somebody puts down the stuff that you put out there, it doesn't matter because that person's never going to be a part of your audience anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you could never please them. No, like exactly. Nothing you could do no. would ever please them anyway. Yeah, like they were they would hate you even if you wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, just like they have already decided that. Oh yeah. So just write them off. Yeah, and focus on the people that are sending you the positive energy oh yeah and being kind to and you it's very likely that there are more of those people but the uh you know for, for most people i think you know the positivity is going to be way more but for a lot of us the negativity seems much stronger you know on a final you know, note like i just want to express express my gratitude to all those people that rock up for concerts oh yeah and buy and listen to music and enjoy yeah. it and talk to you about it hey Svavar, i listen to this album mm -hmm. oh, it's a good songs yeah. i listen to it all the time in the car i'm like wow yeah. you dedicate a part of your day <laughs> yeah to listening to my stories yeah you know and you come like to my concerts you you dedicate three hours out of this thursday night mm -hmm. just to come sit down have a beer listen to me yeah tell stories and and write and, and sing songs yeah i am so grateful for these people oh yeah they are i could never do this i am not the kind of person to go to concerts i i i i'm too uh in uh, introverted introverted yeah and um i i i have a social anxiety and i don't and that's that's why i i am so double triple appreciative of that and yeah. i just want and, and and remember this all of you guys listening out there just like remember this gratitude yeah the gratitude to the audience to those people that dedicate even if there's only five people in the room mm -hmm. remember this yeah those people came to see you sing oh yeah and even if there are only five of them or three of them just give them everything because they came there yeah they and that's bothered. a very good point and you know i've i've this has happened to me numerous times both as a as a singer songwriter also uh, you know because i used to do comedy and it's happened uh in that is that's even worse uh but um you know and i do guided tours and sometimes you have 50 people on the tour which is great and sometimes you have three but you have to give you have to give the same energy yeah even if it is hard and it is demoralizing sometimes yeah. when you know you're expecting to get a crowd of maybe 50 people or 100 people or 200 people and you get 10 you know, uh, just always remember that those people made the effort. They're there to listen to you. Yeah. You have to give them everything you got. I always say this is my motto when I'm mm. touring and when I'm also when I'm just playing here. Uh, never punish the ones who came early mm. and never reward the ones that come late. Yeah. Start your concert on time. Yeah. And don't wait. Don't like for, oh, yeah, you know, there's some five people coming maybe in 10 minutes. No, yeah. no they'll just come. Yeah. You know, exactly. they'll miss two songs. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But if the people who came half an hour early, you make them wait 10 more minutes, you're, yeah. just, you're kind of making that's light true. of their that's effort. A very good, that's a very good point. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for the wonderful conversation, my friend. Likewise. It's uh, always, always great. And I'm sure you'll come on again, I yeah. hope. Uh, <laughs> where can people find your music and your stuff? Oh, just on Spotify. Svavar yeah. Knutur. Yeah, I'll the put a link uh, in, in the show description as well. It'll be on uh, onebaddayis slash episode seven. I've always been asked this. Like, why don't you have like an artist name? Like <laughs> um, Bucket Pants or, or yeah. you know, like sinew grass or, or, or like birch tree boy or something <laughs> and i've always said like dude like if if people really like my music 
you know, mm-hmm. they'll just make the effort they'll to learn my name. Out. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true. Yeah, you know, it's my name. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's and my my songs are mine. They right. are completely from the person of Svavar Knutter. So yeah, I don't need a mask. No artist name, but uh, it's fine to have an artist yeah. name. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just not for me. I, yeah, I don't yeah. have the imagination for it. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, and uh, see you later. See you later, man. All right, that was my conversation with Svavar Knutur a few years ago. I hope you really enjoyed that, and I hope you'll come back for the next episode. Again, if you want to support the show, please remember to like, subscribe, share, all of that good stuff, and a review really helps. Um, and uh, don't forget, there are links in the show description. The, there's a link to Svavar's website, and there are links to uh, Audible and Amazon and uh, other stuff that you can go through to uh, support the podcast, to support me and my music, and to support the strong writing mission of uh, helping out songwriters. And I greatly appreciate any support. So thanks so much. Uh, I will see you on the next episode and happy songwriting.